everyone, and happy holidays. Welcome to Debating Metal. I'm your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and my co-host is Chris Kay. Today, we're doing things a little different. We don't have a head-to-head, a greatest hits, or even a big four for that matter. No, today we're celebrating the holiday season by bringing you our top 10 favorite metal Christmas songs. It's a common misconception that metal bands are evil or satanic, but in fact, as we all know, there are bands from all over the world that celebrate the Christmas holiday. Even some pagan bands, as we'll discuss later. As new Christmas songs and remakes of old ones are released every year, some of our favorite metal bands and musicians have joined in on the fun and recorded their own face-melting versions. So today, Chris and I have chosen our 10 favorite metal Christmas songs, and we're going to read them off to you and let you know why they're our favorite holiday tunes. All right, Chris, so this is a little different today, and uh, we're just going to have some fun with this. We're not going to be too serious about anything. Um, not that oh, we, I'm very serious. Not, <laughs> I fully analyzed every song, every note. <laughs> Probably. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way you are. I like that about you. That's yeah. Well, like it. Yeah, it's but true. we're gonna we're gonna just have some fun with this today. All right. So the way it's gonna work for you faithful listeners out there, um, we are gonna go from ten through one. We're each gonna give our tenth. And then we're going to give our ninth and talk about it and then give our eighth and talk about it. So until we get to number one, if there's any duplications, we'll just kind of reference it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we had that at number seven. Okay, good. Let's go. All right. So anyway, um, you want to go first? All right. Um, yeah, I can do that. Um, so my first one is going to be the stalking song by steel panther Um, you know i didn't even look them up (laughs) so you know any christmas song that features kazoos is is great um you know beautiful lyrics about a guy stuffing his girlfriend stalking and then being very thorough by you know taking it out putting it back in taking the uh, you know etc you know Really, just being thorough about those those Christmas presents and you know what's going into her stocking. So, um, just a beautiful song, just brings around the holiday cheer. Uh, d- definitely recommend it. The holiday cheer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone took this a lot less seriously than I did. <laughs> oh man. Oh, this is going to be fun tonight. All right. Well, my number 10 song, um, and this is not getting any better, is uh, Corn with Jingle Balls. And uh, this is basically Corn pretending to be Cannibal Corpse uh, because the, the vocals are just completely <laughs> guttural. And it's Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> right. And it is. Uh, it is uh, quite the song. I mean, you can tell that they're just messing around, but it is, it's funny because it's, they do the whole song of Jingle Bells in this kind of very slow, methodical, deathy kind of way. So that's my number 10. All right. So uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, I said some uh, pagan bands. So uh, my next one is Viking Christmas by Amana Marth. Wait a second. So you're saying that Steel Panther is a Christian band? <laughs> they are a, strictly a Christian band, you know, basically like Striper. 
Woo! Uh, if you're a fan of Striper, you're a fan of definitely Steel pick up Steel or Pan- definitely pick up uh, Steel Panther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically the same thing. All right. <laughs> I think, I think uh, what's his name, Michael. Um, What's the singer's name? Michael Sweet. He just rolled over in his bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Sweet. Yeah, he, he he would definitely say he's basically just the same guy as Michael Starr. So. <sighs> right. Okay. <laughs> so back to Viking Christmas. Uh, so it was a single, and uh, I, I would say all the best Christmas songs start out with a sword being drawn and, you know, a prayer to Odin. Um, but, you know, this... Although Amon Mark loves Odin, they also love presents and gingerbread cookies, which they express throughout the song. So I think we can actually take a lesson from that on a serious note, that even if it's not your specific thing, like we can all appreciate each other's holidays and and enjoy them. So I I have friends that, uh, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person myself, um, but I have friends that, that, come from all over the world and it's kind of cool that we can all appreciate each other's you know um cultures are you saying you're pagan i might <laughs> <laughs> okay i i you know what it's funny because i've heard that a monomarth song and boop, no i completely forgot about it on this list of mine here uh so anyway <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you man i took this way more seriously than you did <laughs> anyway that's rare it is rare. Very rare. Number nine for me is Bad Wolves and Carol of the Bells. I okay. really, really dig this version. Now, uh, okay, so, you know, a little bit of background on me as far as Christmas songs are concerned. I'm a big Christmas song guy. You know, I'm a metalhead, but at the same time, I really, really do appreciate a lot of these Christmas songs. And, and some of them, the most traditional you know, with, um, what's his face? Um, <laughs> what's his face? Luther Vandross. <laughs> no, more older than that. Nat King Cole. I, lo- I have his traditional Christmas album, the one that was very famous. I think it's kind of like a, like an off reddish, almost orange color on the cover. Um, I have the CD for that. My favorite all time Christmas song, and, and, and this is not metal, uh, is, um, Wayne Newton doing Little Drummer Boy, and it has it has a lot to do with me and my grandmother. Uh, she kind of turned me on to that song when I was a kid. And he doesn't. He sounds like a girl. Like he like he sounds like a uh, like a eight year old boy slash girl singing this song. But he was I think nineteen or twenty at the time when he did the song. So his for voice- the longest time I thought it was a girl. I I legitimately did hearing it on the radio. My mom, you know, loved Christmas music. For the longest time, I thought that was a girl. Yes, and uh, it's Wayne Newton. <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow, so I that that's my favorite Christmas song. I love like when when the very special Christmas CDs uh, or albums came out in the in the eighties, nineties, whenever it was that they got released. I was totally into those because it was rappers with pop musicians and and a little bit on the hard rock side with you know some some and i don't want to call bruce springsteen hard rock but the version that they did was harder than normal but there was tom petty in there there was uh bob seeger in there um sting 
Bon, John Bon Jovi was actually included in the first one, the band, and then John Bon Jovi did a, a, another one. I mean, so there was super cool stuff. The Pretenders, you know, it was quote unquote rock bands, rock artists, you know, pop artists. Madonna was in there, but it, I, you know, I really, really appreciated that stuff because it was very hard to find in the eighties and early nineties rock metal artists doing Christmas songs. You know? Yeah. And so as a, as it became more prevalent, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool. This is cool." And you know, I I began to to build up my collection. Even though a couple of artists that we're going to talk about today actually had songs in the 80s, um but it was it was they were kind of like an outlier more than the the norm, which is now the norm kind of. So anyhow, yeah, so Carol of the Bells by Bad Wolves is a really, really cool version of that song. I I really like the, the production on this version of the song. I mean, it is crystal clear. The guitar sounds great. The mix is virtually perfect. I, I don't know what else to say. The guy's voice is incredible. It's a shame that, you know, politics got involved with the band, and I believe they they literally just fired the guy for, for voicing some... Uh, opinions of his that were kind of extreme and I'm not going to go right or left or whatever it was. It's just the band and him departed ways over politics. So, mm. but anyhow, it's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. Cause I mean, I, I love his voice. The dude's voice was great or is great. Uh, he's just no longer with the band. So anyway, that's my number nine. What do you got for number eight? Uh, for number eight, I've got jingle bells by Austrian death machine. And I got to say, when I think of Christmas, I definitely think of Tim Lambesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true at all. Um, I, so it was on a, a single called Very Brutal Christmas. Um, what I really do think of, though, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, because Jingle All the Way is one of my favorite Christmas movies. And this isn't really a Jingle All the Way song. They they have another one that is kind of more about that. It's Turbo Time. Um, but I like this one better. And it's, I mean, it's very thrashy death metal song. A lot of fun. But, it, but it's just a thrashy death metal version of Jingle Bells. And, of course, Arnold chimes in here and there, which is great. Is it really Arnold? Or no. is it an imposter? No, Tim Lambesis <laughs> actually does a decent impression like caricature version of 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 uh of uh arnold so it's it's really fun no i i actually heard the song the other day and i thought it was pretty cool so it's uh definitely one of those songs that i thought about putting on the list but i didn't <laughs> yeah so far we got nothing in the same nothing the so. same i think we're gonna touch upon a couple but uh yeah probably towards the end towards the end anyway number eight for me is helix rocking around the Christmas tree. Now, what's cool about this song is that it is basically, you're listening to a, a an 80s metal band um, doing an 80s metal song, but they just, you know, it's just a Christmas song. Um, I mean, it's done, it's, you know, typical uh, rock and roll style blues. Um, it's recorded, you know, it's just a metal, uh, uh, like I said, an 80s metal band doing an 80s metal tune that just happens to be Christmas themed so it's really cool 
actually the whole the, the whole album is really cool. So um, Helix, uh, it's called the Heavy Mental Christmas. That album is really really cool. It came out I believe like eleven years ago, um, or something like that. Maybe even longer. I know I know I saw the copyright thing today on Spotify, but Spotify is so screwed up with their their year the release dates and shit like that. Um, but it said 2011, so I'm assuming that's when it came out. Came out. <clears throat> Very good. I like it. The whole album is pretty cool. They've got a couple of originals on there that, you know, it's a, it's a stretch when you're trying to make an original that sounds like a metal song, but there's not a lot of Christmassy parts to it. So, mm. but this song's pretty cool. They did, a, they did, you know, like I said, some jing, some jingle, some original songs, some traditional songs, or traditional songs all sound pretty normal, just metalized. Very cool. All right. What do you got for number seven? So my number seven is Run, Rudolph, Run uh, by Lemmy, Billy Gibbons, and Dave Grohl. Um, If you think of three guys that define cool, I would say those are them. Um, So this is off a compilation called We Wish You a Metal Xmas and a Headbanging New Year. Uh, It's kind of a lame name. But it actually has some really good stuff on it. Um, I really like it. I mean, it, it, it's about what you'd expect from Billy Gibbons, very ZZ Top-ish version. And having Lemmy on bass and Dave Grohl on drums. I mean, Dave's drums always sound amazing. Um, really fun version of the song. You know, I, I, for me personally, I like a lot of those albums. But for this, for the purposes of our recording tonight, <laughs> I stayed away from those compilations where there's like 10,000 people passing tapes along to each other. Here, do your vocals on this song. Do your vocals on that song. Do your bass tracks on here. Here's your drum parts. And then they put together an album worth the shit. Um, all of those up until recently were produced by Bob Kulick until he mm-hmm. passed away. <laughs> so, And Bruce, of course, played, all, played on a lot of those. Yeah, all those albums are really cool, and I love you know they, they were that was part of that whole um, tribute album period where like left and right tribute albums were coming out by every artist under the sun, um, and I guess that was the way that that's kind of how a lot of these bands reunited and started playing again because like oh I could sing a song here and oh you know what let's get the original band back together and type, you know it was like one thing led to another kind of thing, so anyway. Um, so I stayed away from that, and I kind of had just single artists for my list, but that's not taking away anything from your list. I actually like this version of this song. I've heard it before, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's pretty cool. So, Yeah, I mean, the production's really good on this particular album, and the the group of people I thought was really cool. So, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, talk more it, about that. Yeah, in the 90s, when all these, these things started, um, a lot of these, um, whatchamacallit, compilations with uh, all these different tributes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it was so it was so simple it was even it was just as well let me let me step back a second it wasn't as easy as it is now where you just send a file over the internet but you could send an adat tape in the mail and i say adat because that's what it was you send an adat tape which was digital in the mail and um although it was tape so it was kind of like um like a like a uh, what is that? Those Sony video cams that were kind of digital, but it was still tape. Mm, so, gotcha. um, like you a sent, DV tape. Yeah. So you sent the a the 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 ADAT in the mail to someone who had an ADAT machine or a, a studio, and they would just then sync their stuff up and move along and go on to the next uh, thing. So it was before um, 
Pro Tools, but it was obviously after you know the, the technology started to to be digital, where they could send those things back and forth. But yeah, but they always sounded great. Like the bass and the and the drums always sounded awesome on those tapes. It was just so cool. All right, so for me, number seven. Speaking of things that sound cool, um, August Burns Red with their version of Frosty the Snowman. Now I know you're not a big metalcore guy, um, but this this song. So it was funny. I started thinking about it. I, like, oh, I said, this is a metalcore band doing a Christmas song. So they speed it up, right? So do they speed it up to the point where you really can't follow along lyrically, where you just start singing and it turns into gibberish and, and stuff like that? No, it's at a pace that I think is just fast enough for people to still be able to sing along or hum along in their head, but you know that you're going faster than normal. I think that works out really well, and that's why I kind of like this song better than the, than other songs on this album. Um, so now, the one thing that I laughed at when I was listening to this uh, was it's a metalcore band. So, of course, a metalcore band, in order to be metalcore, you have to have a breakdown at some point in the middle of the song, right? Of course. So, so I'm listening to this, right? And I'm like, so where's the breakdown? And they get to a part where it's like the end of the chorus, you know, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, no, excuse me, Frosty the Snowman. And uh, so it's like, it, it would be right where, you know, the thumpity thump thump part would start. They kind of stop there and they go into this breakdown. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's, it's just, it fits. It's funny. Because I'm thinking of you when I'm listening to this, and I'm like, he's gonna hate this part. <laughs> but it's not like your typical, you know, it's not like total start stop. But there, there's enough in there to say, yeah, that's the breakdown, you know. But it's still to me, it was pretty cool. I thought it was fun. Um, so that's my number seven. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, no. I'm I'm always gonna love those breakdowns. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number six is off the same album I just talked about. That uh, we wish you a metal Xmas. Uh, it is God rest you, merry gentlemen, uh, by Ronnie James Dio, Tony Iommi, Rudy Sarzo, and Simon Wright. Um, so I would call this like a very dehumanizer Christmas. Uh, if, if you've heard Dehumanizer album, that was a reunion album. I want to say 1992 with, uh, Black Sabbath. Um, it sounds more like the Wayne's world version of time machine. So it doesn't have that same production value that was on the album, but it has that doomy feel. And there's just this cool juxtaposition of saying like, we, we, we God rest ye merry gentlemen, but, and they're saying, tidings and comfort and joy and it's all doom sounding like you're going on a journey to hell like it's so funny <laughs> yeah well that's you know that's ronnie james dio yeah <laughs> it's funny because none of those guys really are they don't play that kind of doomy deathy music not really is... but that dehumanizer album sounded very much like that and it was just it's just a funny version of this song <laughs> <laughs> that's cool <clears throat> i like that song kind of rushy uh, very gentle. I always say very gentlemen. <laughs> what, what's so very about them? They're extra. That's they're why. they're varied gentlemen. They're a, a assortment of gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six for me. Uh, 
uh, is Twisted Sister and their heavy metal Christmas version of, and that's what it's called, and that's basically their their version of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Um, it, to me, this is super cool because it's Twisted kind of their way of incorporating metal stereotypes, uh, spandex and skull rings and earrings and and you know denim jackets and leather and all that stuff into the the lexicon of christmas music and i think it's pretty cool they they really have fun with it you can tell they're just having fun um there's a funny part though that you know the part where you know in the song where everyone sits there and says five golden rings well in their version they're supposed to be saying five skull earrings yeah when i'm listening to this it sounds it sounds like they're saying five stolen rings. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Why are they why are they getting stolen property? And then I looked up the lyrics and his skull earrings. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I did listen to it, but I didn't catch that. That's funny. Uh, I was I was dying when I was like oh, I read the lyrics and I'm like oh shit it's freaking skull earrings <laughs> it's not stolen rings so you that thought it was be, stolen rings all this that, that time would, that would be just so you know stereotypical of what people think metalheads are you know yeah, like criminals right. and shit but I wouldn't think Twisted Sister would write that but it just it sounds that way <laughs> funny <laughs> all right number five. All right, so my number five uh, is my last entry off that same album I just talked about. Um, so it's Silent Night by Chuck Billy, Scott Ian, John Deny, Chris Wise, and John Tempesta. So it's it's a meeting of of Testament and Anthrax. It's just such a badass version of Silent Night. Like it just starts with death metal vocals. I mean. Silent Night. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just got this badass guitar solo like right off the bat and it lasts for like a minute and it's just ripping your face off. And it's so much the opposite of a Silent Night. It's just <laughs> awesome. Well, who is playing guitar again? John Deny. Deny, okay. Yeah, Deny's doing the solo, but Scott Ian's harmonizing with him throughout it. So it's pretty awesome. That's funny. Who's on bass? Uh, that would be Chris Wise. Okay. Oh man, that's funny. I I I I remember listening to that album. Uh, it's been a few years since I've listened to it on a regular, but um, I remember that version of the song, and I'm like, really? <laughs> this isn't fucking Silent Night. Whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I can just, you know, I can. That just that's just so appropriate to sit there and go silent night, you know that kind of shit. Yeah. Like you know, like I could imagine typo negative just because you know Peter Steele's voice was that way doing a version of Silent Night that would just be so appropriate for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like like he did like like typo negative doing a cover of Black Sabbath was so perfect. It, it was to me is actually more evil sounding and and more more evil in general than black Sabbath's version ever could be. It's like perfect. (laughs) But anyway, we move on. Uh, I am at my number five and my number five is now this is where it starts stretching into, is it really metal? Um, But at the time it was done, 
uh, he was still classified as like pop metal. John Bon Jovi, in his version of Please Come Home for Christmas, which was on the very special Christmas 2 album. I love this version. So this goes along with everything that I said earlier about how I am and how I grew up in on traditional Christmas music. This version is so cool, but there is a little bit of the hard rock kind of metal thing. There's a, a guitar solo in it, and it's not Richie Sambora. I didn't check who the players were on this particular one, but it's a John Bon Jovi solo song. So... I just love it. His voice is great on it. Um, the recording is good. So I, I really, really enjoy this version of that song. This version, along with Aaron Neville's version from his Soulful Christmas album, are the two versions I like I like the most of this song. I'm familiar with this one. I, I remember hearing it a lot on the radio. It was pretty cool. Yep. Um, so my number four is going to be Christmas with the Devil by Spinal Tap off of their Break Like the Wind album. Um, Break Like the Wind. <laughs> so what I love about Spinal Tap is they're legitimately good. You know, they they are not. It's not just a movie where they you know acted like they were playing the mu- the the the. What the hell are they instruments? Wow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just acted like they were playing the instruments. Like they, they actually learned to play, and I mean they had talent before that. But you have Michael McKeon with awesome vocals, and uh, Nigel Tufnell's name is uh, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest um, actually has a really kick-ass solo on this. And I looked it up. You know they had some guest. Uh, no pun intention, p- and no pun intended. Uh, they have they had um, some guest musicians on the album, but on most of the songs he played the solos, which is pretty awesome. So like they did their album that was the music from the movie, and six years later they released this, which I thought was still a really good album, and uh, I. I just really enjoy Spinal Tap, whether it's the movie or the music or whatever. Um, you know, it's just such a fun band. And kind of like Steel Panther, they legitimately are awesome. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. Yeah, I I, I thought I had that album, Break Like the Wind, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Um, I know I don't have the soundtrack, but I thought I had Break Like the Wings. I remember when it came out. Yeah, um, I have to look it up. I'm, I'm staring at my CDs, but I can't read shit because all the writing is so small. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so the difference between Spinal Tap and 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 uh, Steel Panther. Steel Panther is actually real musicians. You know, that's their job, their day job. You know, yes. as opposed to three actors that are actually their their side gig is a, is a fake band, <laughs> which is but they that's just that's just funny in itself. But think yeah. about it; those three guys have done more than just metal too. They did a, they did another movie where they played folk music and they they played the <laughs> instruments too. Like no, I know they played their instruments. I'm just it's just so funny because they're act they're three actors who yeah, learn how to play music. Comedians uh, first, actors right. second, and then. And then musicians third, which right. is which is hilarious that they still have really good chops. All right, so my number four um, is Trans Siberian Orchestra with Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, twelve twenty four. Um, so I've loved this track for several years now. Um, typically, 
on Christmas Eve or or a couple days before Christmas Eve, um, my family and I used to go to um, Woodlands Church uh, here in Houston, in, in in the Woodlands, Texas, and they always put on a fantastic Christmas show. Now I haven't gone for several years. Um, it's just been one of those things where the timing has not been uh, op- optimal for for us to go between. Uh, picking up people for the holidays and and all sorts of different things. But when we did, um, there was one year that they played this song at their at 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 the church, and it was really really cool. Uh, I mean, they even had you know, I mean, uh, this version has a cello in it. Um, I don't think they had any violinists, but they did play other songs from TSO, and they have they had this metal violin player come in who could. Sh- shred like mark wood the violinist i mean shred shred like like they were ingve malmstein on violin that's how cool it was this version of course is the original trans-siberian orchestra um off their off the first so is it christmas eve and other stories i think is the name of the album excellent excellent version it's a medley of god rest ye merry gentlemen and carol of the bells um although they call it in the i, I want to say is it Russian or Croatian? It, it was made in that area of the world, the original, and they have a specific name for the song, but in English, it is the Carol of the Bells. So the song itself was inspired by um, a story that Paul O'Neill had heard. Um, and the story about a guy who had left Sarajevo, came back, it was war-torn, and he was so heartbroken that he would go into the middle. He was heartbroken because his his country was at war, not with another country, um, but with its own people. And the the country itself was just in shambles because of the if its own people, you know, a civil war. And so he would go to the center of town, sit on a pile of rubble and play his cello. The actual story is not really like that. Uh, Paul O'Neill's version of the story has a white-haired man, someone in his elderly age. Uh, it was not the case. The original story was based on a guy who was about 36 years old, but he did have some accompanists from another, from a string quartet that were older, so that's how the story probably got mixed in with some older people. It's a really, really cool story. Um, you know, in that in that and just that whole thing behind it is what makes this song even more magical, just to know that kind of information. So that's pretty cool. I like this song a lot. Very heavy at times, very passive at other times. So it's really, really nice um, dynamics on this song. I, yeah, I really like Trend Siberian Orchestra. My mom was actually a huge fan of them. And uh, I think she went to see them before. Um which I think is really cool. I've never actually gotten the chance to see them live, but uh, every year I try to get tickets. Like the last couple of years, like I I missed getting tickets. This year I knew they were coming out. I was ready for it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not spending five hundred bucks on four tickets. I'm just not." Yeah, because you know? if 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 I'm going to go to something like that, I'm going to bring my girls because it's Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to sit in the in the upper deck. I'm sorry. You know, for those who sit in the upper deck, more power to you. I'm not. It's just like when I go here to the Woodlands, uh, was it um, Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion? Okay. It is an amphitheater. I refuse to sit in the grass. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, 
oh, well, you can go see this show for $10. I, I could give a fuck, okay? Because I am not sitting in the grass. I am not going to leave myself open to getting poured on. I'm not going to rent one of these little freaking flat chairs that they let you rent. No, not happening. I am getting a seat under the cover. It sounds better. It, it, it has a big, giant, big-ass fan that blows you know air around. It's still hot, but... No, I'm not sitting in the grass. I'm sorry. I, I just won't do it. If I would have sat in the grass in San Antonio when they had when I went to see Ozfest uh, in 2007 in Selma, I would have been well. First of all, I would have had to have carried my wife out because she would have been dead from all the fucking roaches and crickets that were all over the place. But then I would have been skeeved out too, so I probably wouldn't have ended up seeing the whole show. But that's when we got out of there. There were so many crickets and so many roaches all over the place that kept that crept out at night. It was freaky. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing the grass. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it once. Uh, it was at uh, Buzzfest many, many years ago. I mean, you can call me. You can say whatever you want about me, but I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm foo foo that way. I'm not fucking doing the damn grass. <laughs> All right, Mr. Prissy, my number three. <laughs> That's just like my dog. Who, when I when I forget to cut the grass in the backyard, my my dog fucking it. she pisses on the concrete. Now I'm because she doesn't. Now she I'm doesn't picturing wanna... you not wanting to step out on the grass like a dog. You know, put, hovering your foot over the grass. <laughs> my my, I have a female dog. She will not squat in the grass because the, the grass tickles her twat <laughs> so she doesn't go fucking pee she pees on the concrete in my Jeez. patio <laughs> uh, i kid you not dude it's fucking hilarious <laughs> so moving on to my number three uh i picked mistress for christmas from acdc on the rage's edge album um you know, it's funny that that's not the sleaziest song on my list. I think that goes to the stalking song. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is this is a great one. This is classic. I love this album, and I love the tone of it. I love the way that it was recorded. This was one of their, their what we would consider their comeback albums. And uh, it's always one of those that I got to listen to at Christmas time. I mean, who doesn't want a mistress for Christmas? Um, <laughs> you, you say comeback albums. Like, how many how, how many comebacks have they had in their career? <laughs> 30 to 40 comebacks. But um, <laughs> but it is true. And we talked about that on our ACDC No, album. it is true. I mean, our ACDC episode, not album. Um we did not put out a bootleg ACDC album. Because uh, if we did, I'm not getting paid on it. <laughs> and it wouldn't sound that great. Um, so what do you got for number three? Oh, my number three. We're getting some metal here. Finally getting to the metal. <laughs> Rob Halford with Donner and Blitzen. Man, cool what a song. badass song this is. Say what? That's a cool song. It is. It's a very cool song. So... I listened to this song and I'm like, okay, wait a second. This sounds familiar. Wait a second. Hold on. This song sounds just like Angel of Retribution. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it is, but it, there's some different parts to it that are not the same, but there's a lot of the, the structure and, and, the, and I guess the chord changes are very similar to those that are in, um, uh, Angel of Retribution, but this is Donner and Blitzen. This is a really cool song. The production is a little weak on it. I kind of, I, I kind of 
think that they kind of wanted to, I'm going to stop saying kind of here. They wanted to kind of keep it tame. He said it again. <laughs> I know I said it again. <laughs> they wanted to keep it tame to to keep the the non-metalhead Christmas song listeners kind of interested because it's not like totally in your face, but it's still, um, you know, enough for a metalhead to like. It's a cool song. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, I did not have it on my list, though, surprisingly. I do have a... Offended. A different song for my number two. I'm offended. For my number two. Um, I have no presents for Christmas from King Diamond. Um, What it's funny about this, I would say it could fit on Fatal Portrait or some of those early albums. Um, And it wouldn't... So it wouldn't phase me, you know. It still would fit in really well. Um, it's a fast-paced track, awesome solo. I mean, what what good Christmas song doesn't have an awesome solo? Um, you know, King, of course, showing off his falsetto, and you know, just a, what a sense of humor. What a great song. King Diamond is, you know. As, as evil as people think he is, he's just a normal guy. And, you know, this version, this song that he does, you know, There's No Presents for Christmas is so cool. I mean, it's always, I've always told people this is my favorite Christmas song. And I always sit there and say, yeah, yeah, no presents for Christmas. And I'm like, what are you talking, like, are, you cra- are you crazy? I'm like, no, this is a cool song. It, but they just happen to say no presents for Christmas. Um <laughs> To me, it's an in, it was an instant Christmas classic when I first heard it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to stay in my Christmas playlist forever. Um, incorporating Christmas melodies to that killer riff that he's got. I love this song. Um, so, in fact, we're gonna, because you've mentioned it as your number two, it actually is my number one. Um, my As I just said, it's my favorite Christmas song. Um, and what's cool about King's vocals on this is that he sounds a lot more like the Merciful Fate King Diamond than he does the King Diamond King Diamond. Yeah. I, I, Sings I, a lot more in the lower registers. Even the falsetto is not as high as he typically gets. Uh, and it's kind of a, a lot of rough singing from him in this song. So, But I, I love this song. This is super cool. And, and yes, it's the sense of humor behind it all is outstanding. All right. So uh, what is your number two then? My number two is Striper with Winter Wonderland. And um, so it's funny because it's like, you know, there's, it, we talked about this the other day. We saw a picture of Michael Sweet with King Diamond, and I said it was the yin, yin and yang of metal. You go from one extreme to the other. And this is the same thing, my number one and my number two. Striper doing Winter Wonderland. The, the funny thing about this is, okay, Two things. One, on Spotify, you can't get the original version. I don't know why it's not available. Um, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with with copyrights, and even though Winter Wonderland is an older song, um, it has something to do with the record labels, I'm sure. Um, So you get a live version that was on, like, Monster Christmas Ballads or some shit like that, which is, this is not your typical ballad. This is a much faster version. But the original was done in 1984, released on an EP called Reason for the Season, um, or a single if you want. It was just two songs. Um, so it was basically Striper doing Christmas music. One was their own original, then Winter Wonderland. And it's so cheesy in terms of how it starts, because you got Robert Sweet starts doing um, 
is draw, double bass drumming, and it's super cool. It sounds great. I mean, the production's great on it. And then all of a sudden, Michael comes in singing. He's like, all right, guys, we're going to do some Christmas singing here. And um, so why don't you guys start up? And they're like, nah, I don't feel like it. You know, whatever. You know, Oz and Tim just like, no, we're not going to do this. And then, you know, he, he goes, come on, Robert, you do something. He goes, nah, I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm just playing drums. And so Michael turns around and says, all right, we'll shun you guys. And I'm like, really? Shun you guys? I mean, is that how, you know... Um, and it's not, it's not the term politically correct is not, is not proper in this term. This is just, uh, what did I say? Religiously correct. (laughs) Religiously correct. It's a goody two shoes persona that they were trying to give off back then in 1984 that, that he goes, all right, shun you guys. And he starts singing acapella, acapella accompanied with drums. And then, uh, he turns around and goes, this isn't going to work guys. You know, and so the band comes in and they start doing harmony background vocals. It's it's a really cool version when you get into it. It's kind of heavy when you listen to it. So I think it's pretty fun. Have you heard it? I have heard it. We actually talked about this a long time ago. Not on the show, but just, to, you know, uh, between each other. But, yeah, I've heard it before. When you told me about the shun you guys thing, I had to hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that leaves me with my number one. And uh, that is Oh Holy Night by Halford, uh, Halford 3, the Winter Songs album. Um, this is, uh, Oh Holy Night is undoubtedly my favorite Christmas song. It's the emotion behind it, everything. I just, I love that song. Um, probably ever since I heard it in, uh, I think the first time I heard it was probably in Home Alone. Um, I just love the the. the tune everything like i said i'm not a particularly religious person but this song is awesome um and he just absolutely kills it the electric guitars faster pace just make it even better for me uh but rob halford's vocals are some of my favorite metal vocals ever and him singing this particular song just makes it that much better you know I listened to this, ver- this this album, this version of the song the other day, and this this ver- this song is good. I like this song. I'm not really big. I think the Rob Halford solo Celestial Christmas album is better than this one, than Halford 3, um, but that's just my opinion. Um, I like I both it was of more- them. I don't know if I prefer one over the other. But well, I think I think Celestial is more upbeat mm-hmm. in my in my opinion, so that's why I kind of like it more. Um, this, uh, you know, the Winter Songs is very just that. It's very winter. It's kind of like moody, um, and it, it's it's one of those. I don't want to say downer Christmas ones, but it's one of the more mellow ones. Um, and yeah, and he does I don't. Yeah, I get what renditions. you're saying. It's not really downer per se. It's it's more just right. like it's um, mellow, mellow. Yeah. I mean, because you know let's 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 not you know mince words about christmas music for a lot of it it is kind of mellow and for some people it's it uh it it puts them into a depression and that's you know that's that's unfortunate you know and if anyone out there uh is going through those kinds of things please reach out to someone um because there's always going to be someone there that's willing to talk to you um so the I, that, that's why I kind of like Celestial a little bit better because it's a little bit more upbeat. There's more songs that are kind of, kind of faster paced, and so, and especially you know, when I heard Donner and Blitz, I'm like, I hey, this, this this wins. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, and of course, as I mentioned, my number one is King Diamonds, There's No Presents for Christmas. I I was at the beginning of the show going to mention that um, King Diamond has a second Christmas song. Uh, so that was going to be my honorable mention. I forgot to mention it. It is a song called Christmas. And it's, it is a metal song. It's a typical King Diamond song. There's nothing particularly great about it and it, he does very something very similar that he did in no presence where he had a beginning and an end that had christmas themes to it and this one there's a there's like a talking part um that has that plays some really chintzy cheesy christmas music um it happens again about a two-thirds of the way into the song right where the guitar solo would be um but it's cool nonetheless um, I don't. I, it's it's hard to say because it's not as Christmassy as there is no presents for Christmas. That's why I kind of like it better. But I put it in as an honorable mention just because I knew that we were going to be talking about King Diamond. Well, if you're going to do a, a honorable mention, I'm going to do an honorable mention then. Um, fine. This was fine. This was the one that I I uh, had to to drop from my list initially, uh, which is uh, the Misfits with. Uh, um, Blue Christmas. So, <laughs> I've never heard that one, but I can only imagine him doing an Elvis version. Well, it's it's Jerry only. It's that era of the band, though. So, oh. but no, he still does a really fun version of the song. Actually, the whole uh, it's an EP um, from I want to say like the 2010s. Um, it's got you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch on it, which is fun too. But, uh, blue Christmas, I think is my favorite off of that one. Oh, that's cool. See, I like, I, you know, I like Christmas music. I, I like really upbeat Christmas music. Like, cause the, the slow stuff is just like, oh, come on. You know, I, I, I want to get passes. It's just too moody, but like big bad voodoo daddy. I love their Christmas album. You know, it is. That's just so cool. Bare Naked Ladies has a great Christmas album. Very, very cool. You know, so, um, and I know those, neither one of those are metal, but it's just, they're fun, fun albums. So if anybody out there wants to, to stretch their listening capabilities, uh, you know, and their boundaries, um, pick up those two albums. They're pretty cool. Very cool. Well, I like your list, and I, what I like about it, too, is we've had only one song crossover, so you basically just got two Christmas albums. There you go. See, I knew that that song had to be on your list. It had oh, yeah, to be. Yeah, for sure. You know, but I was expecting you to have um, something, something like, I, I was expecting you to have TSO on there, but I'm surprised. I just, I felt like most of, most of their stuff, you know, is instrumental. I just kind of wanted, like, more kind of fun for the most part well and that and that's part of the reason why i like um uh christmas eve because it's really heavy yeah you know that middle section man just gets going and it's just bam it's pounding on you so i really liked it all right well everyone that's our show for tonight we wish everyone a happy holiday season whether you celebrate christmas hanukkah kwanzaa or festivus or even something else Pour yourself a shot of Metallica's Blackened Whiskey, a shot of Black Tooth Grin, or have a pint of Trooper Beer. Either way, cheers and be safe out there. And don't forget to tune in next week as we wrap up 2022 with a special year-end episode. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe, turn it up to 11, and happy holidays. See ya.